right everybody get ready it's the team of the year at least in philadelphia welcome in everybody for another episode of on a couch in delco i'm tom with me as always my co-host mike what's up everybody out there how's everybody doing on another just weekend right another snow it's like a it's like a snow globe here in uh in delaware county so hopefully everybody's out there staying safe but we had just shaken off the Carson Wentz trade. We're not going to talk about Carson Wentz on, on this uh, episode of the podcast. We're going to put that aside for now. But just shaking off the trade. And what happens? Joel Embiid, Joel Embiid comes back Friday night, 50 points against the Chicago Bulls. The 76ers looking pretty good, sitting atop the Eastern Conference right now. Mike, what are your thoughts on your town, your team, your Philadelphia 76ers? They're looking really good. I mean, tonight's going to be a great game against the against the Raptors. Or, I mean, they're fifteen and fifteen, five hundred on the year. So, not your uh, not your yesteryear uh, Toronto Raptors. So it's uh, Toronto Raptors with your who, what the heck's the guy's name? I can't even remember his name now. Kawhi Leonard. Um, he's out there in L.A. playing with the Chargers. So. Should be another dominant game for our MVP. And I'm not even going to call him a candidate anymore. He is and will be the MVP of, of the uh, NBA this year. And that is Joel Embiid. I mean, it's absolutely ridiculous what he is, what he's putting up on a nightly basis. My only thing with Joel is why isn't he averaging like 18 rebounds a game? Well, why does he think he's a, he, he, I mean, don't get me wrong. He's shooting like 40% from three point land right now. So it's not like he's shooting 15% and still, still hoisting them up. Um, but man, if he would, he would be the greatest player of all time. If, if he was able to even average like 15 rebounds a game, what's, what's he averaging right now? He's averaging 11 on this season, yeah. uh, which he's is still, still tops on, on the team. So he's, yeah. he's still tops on the team, you know, 30 points a game averaging. Obviously the scoring is way up for Joel Embiid uh, this season. And Mike, I had sent you something and I don't know much about uh game calculator or total, uh, game scores or anything like that but there was something that i saw on social media over the weekend that joel mb posted with his line from the sixers bulls game 35 minutes 50 points 17 rebounds five assists two steals four blocks only two turnovers according to game score calculator that was not only the top performance of this season so far but it was also the 18th best performance of all time in the NBA, according to Game Score Calculator. I don't know much about Game Score Calculator, but if it's some type of statistical model that's consistently applied, I mean, that says something. He's just underneath uh, Kobe Bryant's 
65 point game from 2007. So pretty, uh, not only a phenomenal game, but for this season for the Sixers, but in the, in the historically, uh, one of the top games that we have ever seen a basketball player perform. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's absolutely ridiculous. I mean, that's, he, he is the, should, should I say it, Tom? He is the best player in the NBA right now. I mean, and he should be for the rest of the year. He, he is the end-all, be-all. I mean, I'm looking through uh, the last few games. The thing that I'm noticing, except for the Brooklyn game when they won 124-188, at least in, in, in the last, in February, um, the Sixers win when he gets over 10 rebounds, except for that Brooklyn game, he had nine. The three losses they have in, in February, he had five rebounds against Portland. That was a semi blowout loss, 16 point loss. Um, he had nine rebounds against Portland lost by four. Then he had eight rebounds against Phoenix lost by nine. All the other games, except for the Brooklyn game, he had nine rebounds. Um, he's had over 10 rebounds, over 11, technically. Um, and they have won. So Yeah, I think I think what you're saying is when he gets above 10 rebounds, it's certainly an indicator of success. But except for these two games, that's what I was looking for. I was looking for the outliers. There um, you go. So I guess it, Atlanta and Brooklyn, two. I mean, Atlanta was a blowout loss. That was a that was like a throwaway game. I mean, you know, he played 23 minutes in that game. So you, you get, that game was pretty much out of hand by, by halftime, if I remember right. And that's um, still when they were going through. Was that he was just returning around that time or no? He might have looked like that, that was around the time they had the outbreak at the, on the team, right? I yeah, remember so that like Atlanta game four, coming. Four-day break. Well, yeah, it might, might have been. But, yeah, that, that game and the Brooklyn game back-to-back, he had a 12 and 11 rebounds, but. Every other game they have won, except for um, Orlando and, and a few other outliers, like the Miami game, he had five rebounds, um, but he only played 24 minutes. So it's – it's and, and against the Lakers, he played 38 and only had six. But he also shot 33% from three-point land, 85% from the free throw line, 44% from the field. Um, that's pretty damn good. Had, yeah, had he, four four assists, two blocks. I mean, dude's just a. He, I, I think I told you he was a bleeping animal, and he is a bleeping animal. <laughs> yeah, do you have his full season stats? Because I'm looking right there at his January three point shooting percentage of forty one percent, and just for a uh, he big is man. he's shooting forty percent on the year. For a big um, man, that is just impressive. It's it's not the. To- where do I go back? How do I get back to his uh, season stats? This because it had the full season stats. The link that says stats. There we go. There we go. They shooting forty percent on the year. Shooting forty percent on the year from three. You know, eighty-five percent from free throw range. I mean, he's he's yelling at guys who should be making their free throws, like Danny Green. He missed his first one, and he said, "Can you make your bleeping bleeping foul shots?" <laughs> and then he made his next one and said, "Thank you." I thought that was hilarious. What was that? I think that was against the. I think that was against the Rockets, actually. Yeah, but unbelievable. Putting in heavy minutes, so over thirty minutes a game. I, you know, MVP. MVP is a popularity contest. Uh, you know, and, and LeBron is doing a lot of stuff out west. Uh, so I would still 
you know, my heart tells me uh, Joel should be the MVP, deserves the MVP. Uh, I have it, it, it's a superstar league, and I think LeBron is still the biggest superstar. Superstar, not necessarily. You know, I'm not disagreeing with you on how well Joel has played. I, I just don't see them not oh, yeah. giving. I mean, the, LeBron's the, he's the biggest name globally right now. Yep, he's the biggest name in the NBA. And he's also channeling Joel Embiid in every statistical category except for age. Like that's, I said, I, that's pretty good. That's cool. I, I'm not disputing. And I, I think we actually see close hand what Joel is and Joel Embiid is doing day in and day out. It, it, it's a superstar league. So to me, I, I think whether deserved or not, I think the MVP goes to, to LeBron. You know, as long as he keeps doing what he's doing, you know, he's still playing over 30 minutes a night given his I mean, he age. Plays, yeah. Wait, let's see. The number one fantasy scorer is averaging 34 and a half minutes a game. Free throw percentage. He's never been a great free throw shooter. Um, so he's 71%. Three-point, he's 36%. Field goal, he's shooting 50%. So I, was that is that over what what Jaw is? Uh, yeah. So that that's no, it's not. No, it's not. He's he is he's shooting over that too. So he's I, over fifty four percent for the for the year for the season. Indeed, yeah. Yeah. Well, then just look at the headline stats. I mean, he's second in points. Yeah. Eleventh in rebounds which is, I think, is where you're saying you'd like to see him uh, beef it up. That would be nice, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, obviously, overall, assists, uh, LeBron's always going to have them. So, I, mean, I, I, I don't expect him, and I know you probably don't expect him to get eight assists per game. <laughs> so no. uh, so that's that's obviously going to go to, to LeBron. But everything else, Joel and B beats him, so. Here's hoping it's not a popularity contest, but we know it usually is. So there's that. He'll have an he'll have an interesting matchup uh, tonight with the Raptors, the Raptors of the the Tampa Raptors. Uh, they've been playing their home games in Florida this year because of the travel across the Canadian border. So down there in uh, in Tampa tonight, Sixers three point favorite. I know you and I were talking before the episode, don't have a lot of bets tonight. I might throw a little bit on the Sixers minus the three. Uh, I'm not sure whether Kyle Lowry is going to play for the Raptors tonight. I think he's listed his day-to-day. Uh, so I, I like the Sixers' chances tonight to keep the momentum going against this Raptors team. I might see what Joel's numbers are tonight. See what is like over on their points total. He averages 29 against the, the uh, Raptors. Um, maybe see what his over on that is and maybe see what his over under on three points made is. If it's like one and a half, I might take that. He only shoots 16.7% against the Raptors um, from three point land. So I expect that number to rise a little bit um, tonight, even if he only shoots like 33% from three. Um, So it should, should go up a little bit. Just looks like he's had a had a tough time against the uh, against the Raptors, but I, I don't know if they put uh, playoffs into that uh, as well. Those those playoff series were they were dogfights. I mean, obviously the one 
with the with the seventh the, the seventh game and the uh, the shot that that rang off the ring rang off the ring off the rim uh, about sixty two times from Kawhi Leonard went in and beat the Sixers. So I don't know if they throw that in there, but I expect all these numbers, every single one of them, assist twenty nine or assist twenty nine and a half. Yeah, I expect his points per game. Um, he will hit that. I think his assist will hit. He'll hit four assists tonight too. I think he'll uh, he'll be over his three point percentage, and I think he'll shoot better than his forty one point two field goal percentage too. I, so you're I'm, expecting another big night out of Embiid tonight against the Raptors? Yeah, I'm expecting the Sixers to win by at least fifteen points tonight. Okay, I know they usually use Siakam against Embiid, so I think that's why maybe some of his stats are a little bit. Yeah. Um, you know, but he also he also steps up for that game. I, I think he likes that competition. So uh, should be a, a fun night tonight watching the Sixers as they continue to surge towards uh, tops in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I still think, speaking of the Raptors, there is a player on the Raptors that some rumors have circulated around that the Sixers may be interested in. And that's Kyle Lowry making a homecoming to play with the Sixers. Uh, what would you think of a Kyle Lowry returning to Philadelphia to play for the 76ers this season? I think this is the last year of a contract, so may not take a lot to get him. You probably still have to give up some, but that's one of the names being circulated out there to help bolster this Sixers team. I'd be all right with it. That'd be pretty cool. I mean, obviously went to went to Nova. I mean, that would be a uh, that would be a cool trade. I'd like to see what it would take. Like if it's going to be like a Matisse Thybul or something like that, I'd be out. I mean, if you looked at Matisse Thybul's numbers, he, he should be in. He should be in the uh, consideration for Defensive Player of the Year. <laughs> I mean, he's played. He's top five uh, in in blocks and and tipped passes um, per game, and and he's played like. 400 less minutes than anybody else on that. Yeah, his <laughs> his defense has been absolutely um, solid to just on yeah. fire this year uh, defensively. So, yeah, I would hate to give up somebody like Thibel. That may be uh, what it takes or somebody like a shake uh, Milton, which I yeah. think I'd rather give up a shake than a, a Thibel just because if, if you're getting somebody with offensive firepower like a, a Kyle Lowry, it'd be interesting to see how – Ben Simmons and Kyle Lowry coexist. You remember a few years ago, uh, Kyle Lowry was telling Ben Simmons to meet him in the locker room to, to fight that Cardinal Doherty, uh, North Philly of Kyle Lowry. He was, he was ready to throw down with Ben Simmons uh, just a few years ago. So I don't, hopefully they've, uh, they've mended the, uh, they've mended that a little bit over the last couple of years. If, if they're going to join forces, I still want Bradley Beal and figure out how to way to get him onto Seriously. this team. I, I think there is, absolutely no way this team doesn't uh contend for a championship with bradley beal on this team but we'll see i I think maury has something up his sleeve that he'll he'll be able to figure out a way to bolster this team as it heads into the playoffs and and there's a few accounts out there on on the twitter world um asking to trade for Giannis. how about we end that here and now there's there's no reason to trade for Giannis. thank you End of end of quote. I, I, great player. I just don't know where he fits in with this. Yeah. Well, you give up what half the team for him for what reason? Yeah. 
I mean, if you're keeping Ben Simmons, obviously you would no no reason to trade Joel Embiid. But if you're keeping Ben Simmons and you got Joel Embiid and then you have Giannis, I mean, I know JoJo's scoring like six thousand points a game right now. But where's where, where what's where's the rest of the offense come from? Yeah. Like I feel like the offense would come to a standstill. Like who's what, what are they gonna score? 85 points a game in the paint. <laughs> I guess it could happen, but I'm off of that. Seth, Seth, Seth Curry's arms are gonna be tired because he'll be carrying this offense. Uh, By the first round of the playoffs, everything's hitting the front rim, guaranteed. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of playoffs, I did see online, and, and I have some, that the Sixers and Flyers are both looking to apply to have fans in the arenas. Uh, and I heard that there there is a good chance that that is likely to occur. I think they both petitioned for uh, 5,000 uh, fans to be uh, able to attend games inside the arena. Wells Fargo Center had gone through this extensive process to be kind of I don't know the official certification, but germ-free, for lack of a better term, with the yeah, they got a new air purification system, new HVAC air purification, system. and you know other steps that they have gone through to to kind of be able to uh, host events again. So I'm hearing that with that standing for the arena, there's a good chance come playoff time that we could be seeing 5,000 fans uh, in attendance for Sixers and Flyers playoff games. I can't wait to see the prices of those tickets on StubHub. <laughs> They'll be like $1,000 a piece. <laughs> but that, and the, the, the cool thing about this new HVAC system I was reading, like it's not something they just started like last March when all this stuff went down, all the whole COVID thing and all these new regulations. It's something that they've been replacing over like the last four years just to, I mean, if, if you remember back like four years ago, the Sixers were looking to, to move to Camden and, and, and build their own arena there. But the, 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 the Comcast Spectacore owners, whatever, whoever was the owners then, um, they, they said, well, we'll renovate the Wells Fargo Center. They'll put this in place, that in place. They'll make, they'll make that, that upper ring a little bit more um, uh, see-through, if, if, uh, per se, if you've ever been to the Prudential Center up in Newark. I love the way that that stadium is, is laid out. Um, you can literally walk around the entire concourse and see the ice. Um, and that's what the the Flyers and Sixers are trying to do. And so this has all been in place, but it just seems to be a uh, the Flyers and Sixers are like way ahead of everybody else because they've already been talking about this stuff. And looks like a, we'll, we'll we'll get to go see some Flyers and and Sixers games, hopefully uh, deep into the playoffs for both of them. Um, and, and the best part about it is all those workers, well, not maybe all of them, most of the workers will get to get back in there and, and, and make some money and, and that'll be, it'll be all good for everybody down there at the, the Wells Fargo center, um, Sixers, Flyers, the workers and fans all included. So that, that got, that has me a little pumped. I'm, I'm ready for April, June, April, April through June for both the Sixers and, and the Flyers. And then I'm also hearing Phillies are looking at Major League Baseball is looking at 20,000 fans by May 1st. So that's the the target there. They don't know if they're going to be able to do it by April 1st, but 20,000 fans by by May 1st at Citizen Bank Park. Which hey, 
there, there were some seasons for the Phillies where 20,000 was a pretty good crowd. So uh, the Phillies should be able to work with, with that uh, for the coming 2021 season. After the heydays of the Phillies, I don't, I don't think they hit 20,000 for like three years. <laughs> Only when like the Yankees and the Mets and uh, the Red Sox came down and the, pretty much the, the away fans sold out this, uh, the CBP, but it'll be nice to see uh, everybody back in there to see JT and Bryce and, DD finally coming back, so that'll that'll be cool to to go see some games this summer and maybe do a road trip, see see where see where a good away uh away weekend will be. There you go, absolutely. I know the season is out. I think they play Chicago. I always wanted to get out to Wrigley Field, so yeah. I haven't done Wrigley. So I know they play Chicago in the summer. That may be uh, maybe something be we have like to going to Disney World now. Yeah, four thousand dollars a weekend, <laughs> three thousand dollars just for tickets. <laughs> the bleachers in Wrigleyville—they'll be selling those tickets for three hundred bucks. Oh, at least, yeah. It'll be a good time though. Wouldn't mind getting out there, having a, a Italian beef sandwich, whatever else they got out there. That'd be nice. Whatever they call pizza, whatever that you know Deep that dish, yeah. Tomato Pies, sauce in it. Uh, in it. It's like a in a tomato, pie. tomato sauce and yeah it's like a pie it's like freaking yeah um, i mean i'll eat it whatever I'll, we'll be drunk as a skunk so whatever whatever they got to eat out there would be great there you go <laughs> all right so six or tonight now that we've transitioned uh pretty smoothly mike into into phillies talk yeah the uh of course the big news for the phillies this week you know this is why you can't have nice things i guess jt real muto uh the same day that the Carson Wentz trade goes down, it comes out that he had broken his thumb during a catching a bullpen session, blocking a baseball. Sounds like it's touch or go that he's going to be ready for opening day, but he certainly shouldn't miss that much time thereafter. So, Mike, anything on the best catcher in baseball, potentially cast it up for uh, spring training? I mean, he – his quote was, I, I, I was surprised that it was even broken. <laughs> so I th- with, with, with that quote, I think, uh, I think all is well. I mean, hopefully we don't, I mean, I like Andrew Knapp but like four times a year. So, <laughs> so if opening day has to be one of those four times a year, I don't think it's make or break for the Phillies. I think it's a, it's all right. The sky is not falling. Like everything is okay. He, he doesn't have to get surgery. I think he tweeted that out just to like, there was people hyperventilating when that news came out. So I think he tweeted it out just to just to make sure everybody was all right out there. So it's okay. Everybody relax. Like like Aaron Rodgers said, uh, just relax. It's okay. It's opening weeks, opening uh, day, still like a week and three quarters away or whatever. So we're we're all right. Everybody, everybody relax. Archie Bradley has this all. Um, all snuggled up with that beautiful beard of his. We're okay. Everybody grab onto it like it's your your comfort blanket and breathe. That's all I ask. I'm wearing my Philly shirt now. I don't know if I'm going to be grabbing on the Archie Bradley's beard like a comfort blanket, but he, he still has not responded to our request to come on the podcast, though, Mike. I'm, I'm a little I disappointed. I don't think he responded to anybody's request. Like, he says he's going to do podcast, and then, you know, we gave him the invitation to come on a couch in Delco and I'll tweet this get out. no response. I'll tweet the whole the whole episode at him. 
I'll give him the timestamp when we when we petition to have the most beautiful beard in Philadelphia. Um, come on to the On a Couch at Delco podcast and talk beard oils, and he, he definitely is a beer guy um, and a little bit of baseball. I mean, I don't even want to talk baseball with him. I just want to talk beard oil and beer. <laughs> Free baseball. Uh, let's talk about real life stuff. There you go. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to the Philly season. I, I know I said that last year, too, and uh, ended up, you know, kind of started off strong, but then stumbling uh, the last month of the year. Hopefully now a new regime at the top. They they've certainly have the options for the bullpen and the starting rotation. It'll be interesting to see how the spring plays out, who ends up being that, that final five in the rotation, and then also uh, who ends up making up this bullpen. I think those will be – if we're going to go anywhere this year, I think we need to see more out of the pitching staff for this, for this Phillies team. Over under 80 point, 80 and a half wins. What are we saying? 80 and a half. Yeah. 80.5. I'd go the over on that. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm going over. I'm, I'm thinking 83. I'm, I'm my, for some reason I'm thinking, thinking 80, 83 <laughs> is, is the number so 80 and a half if that creeps up to 81 and a half or whatever I'm, I'm thinking 83 wins out of this team I don't know if that's enough to get them in the playoffs or where that finishes them out uh this year with uh, do you know Mike have they said anything about the regular I guess they have released it so it's going to be a full schedule this year right cross-country yeah. travel and every everything so um yeah I think not as heavy on the east will yeah. help uh, I, you know, I, I think the East is the NL East, unlike the NFC East, which is the weakest in football. I think the NL East is probably one of the the strongest divisions in, in baseball. I think being able to play outside of the division will, will help. I, I can see a, a clear path to 83 wins this season. Yeah. So I was going to say 83 wins. I'll, I'll say 84 just to, just to go up one. We'll see what happens. We're between 83 and 84 wins, so that, that's what we're looking at. But um, I do want to talk about the Mets real quick. Okay. I want to talk about one player in specific. And I don't know if you follow him on Twitter, but but on a couch and Delco now follows him. I follow him because he's probably – he might be the – besides Archie Bradley, he's probably the best Twitter follow in the NL East, and that's Noah Syndergaard, Thor. He has been going at fans, and I, I have been pissing myself laughing, like, for the last week. And then Tre- Trevor Bauer says, oh, you should be nicer. He was serious with this, too. He said, you should be nicer to fans, and and Noah went at him. It, it's been absolutely hilarious. Some guy asked, Noah, is my wife ever coming back? And he's like, nah, she's not leaving my house. I mean, he is literally hilarious on Twitter. So if you don't follow him already – I know a couple of our listeners are Mets fans, so you probably do follow them. I don't know if they're on Twitter, but God, is he a funny dude on Twitter? I mean, I hate facing him, obviously. I, I, I don't think one uh, of the Phillies probably win like three three games against him in his career so far. But uh, God, is he funny on Twitter? So if you don't follow him on your personal, um, go ahead and follow him on your personal, Tom. But it's a uh, it's a good. It's a good time just reading his tweets. And he, he's very active. Like, he doesn't, like, pick and choose who he responds to. He almost responds to everybody. So maybe we can get we can get um, Thor 
the one of the the greatest flows in MLB, and we can get Archie Bradley, and they can kind of they they can they can go back and forth on a couch in Delco trading jabs. That would be a uh, that would be an episode for the ages, I would imagine. I mean, just the uh, just the tagline here. Hi, I'm Noah. Some people call me Thor. I'm a Met working out in Florida. I like ice baths, reading, and strikeouts. Perfect. I mean, that's a good tagline. That's, that's a good awesome. tagline. Great. He's a, he's a great social media personality. I, I absolutely love it. Um, I'm sure. If a, I'm sure there's a, some going back and forth with Philly fans and Braves fans and Nationals fans too somewhere in there, and it's probably absolute internet gold. So it's a. Uh, I don't really say that too often about opposing players and opposing teams, especially the Mets, but he's definitely a, uh, he's a must follow for, for any baseball fan or really any, any person who likes a little banter back and forth, like a little, a little jab here and jab there. If you like it, go ahead and follow him. Even if you don't follow baseball, I know a few of our listeners are straight, straight soccer, straight football. Um, so if uh, just, just follow him for a little bit of banter, it's actually, it's, it's very funny out there. That, that was kind of, that kind of came from left field. Pardon the baseball. All part. right. <laughs> Just thought of it as we were going along, going along, talking about the NL East. So it's a nice little, well, I, there, guys. I certainly will add a new file to my Twitter feed. I'm glad that he's, you know, we'll, we'll see the updates on the timeline for on a couch and Delco. If you're not following us, definitely check us out as well on, yep. on Twitter. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll try a little, we'll try and get in a mix this season. Uh, Phillies, maybe we'll get on uh, Syndergaard's radar and uh, see if we can go toe-to-toe. Yeah, sometimes we come up with some good uh, good little zings in there on Twitter. So Yesterday I had the block dead spin, by the way. Did you see that tight, that, that, that friggin' uh, headline? Which one? The, the, the how, uh, how all of Philadelphia is racist. Like, what is that? I had to block them. I had to mute them. And then I had to report them all in one tweet, Tom. Like, what? I, I know I, Deadspin I, is Deadspin, and it's like something we shouldn't listen to. But just to casually call like all of Philadelphia like something that's absolutely ridiculous. Like, come on now. Like, okay, we we're we're all mean. We 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 yell a lot. We boo a lot. But don't call us that. Like, seriously. Like, what is up? With that? Uh, the only thing I can, I there's a reason I stopped following Deadspin a long time ago. I've uh, never followed off is, I don't even know how it gets but, on my timeline. There, there I, I, well, I, I think it created just a you know a, a for lack of a, a triggering effect, oh, right a, across social media. But I mean, it, it's you know what was reputable. I think they fired a bunch of their writers, you know, a few yeah. years ago, and and now it's just this clickbait are us hot take clickbait you know just trying to you know get or you know get whatever they can get in for attention and, and i know with philadelphia i know with down us, to. like anything gets under our skin like literally i think the entire city of philadelphia blocked deadspin yesterday <laughs> i just i watched all all the uh all the trending and deadspin was trending in philadelphia there was like six thousand tweets about it so I think everybody who was on Twitter in Philadelphia knew about it and everybody blocked them. And I don't think they'll ever have another read. They'll never have another click from Philadelphia. They've literally alienated an entire fan base of probably all the sports, all the sports fans, everybody in Philadelphia. I, I just, I read it. I was like, what is going on with this? Like, I know 
and, and they got the reaction, like anything about Philadelphia sports, anything about Philadelphia in general, like you're going to get a reaction out of us. That's just how it goes. But, but to say something so egregious, like, come on now, like dead spin, pardon the pun, you're dead to me. Well, and, and they've been dead for a while. I mean, yeah. you know, th- they fired all their high quality reporters. They have a bunch of people that are young, up and coming, looking for attention. It's not the quality. I mean, they they were kind of the almost a, a bar stool like years yep. ago, where they had you know sports, but they had a, you know a little bit of an edgier side uh, to them. I think always took themselves a little bit more seriously than maybe Barstool yeah. did. That's why I like uh, Barstool. Now. I used to hate Barstool. They're funny. But it, yeah, I think, you know, they, they balance that line of, hey, we'll be edgy, but we're yeah. still journalists. And yeah. I think they've lost a lot of that, too. It just all the layoffs and everything, like all the talent that was at Desbin are no longer there. I mean, it, case in point, I saw an article about the games, you know, the NHL games in Lake Tahoe. And they said Lake Tahoe's in Utah, which <laughs> it's not. And the first sentence of the article says, you know, playing in Utah and well, that, that's that's the kind of reporting that you get out of Deadspin today. So, did they really say that? Yeah, uh, I'll I'll see if I can find the article, but it was you oh, know, no. oh, well, they're playing in, in Utah. I'm like, eh, what side close. of what side of the line are they playing on? Are they in the Nevada side or are they on the they, California side? They are on the Nevada side. So the yeah. golf course that they're playing at is on the Nevada side, and I uh, that they're yes. sort of playing on. Yes, the, well. It's, yeah, they're playing on the golf course, right? Well, I mean, the sun has melted the ice, so they're sort of playing there. They played a well, period, at least. They're they're swimming uh, yeah. there. God, it really did look like a sw- look like a slush puppy out there. <laughs> it was the craziest thing I've ever seen. But they, they they can't they postponed yesterday's game after the first period to midnight Eastern, which was at what it, uh, ten o'clock out there? No, nine o'clock out there. Nine, I so, think uh, nine. I think Nevada is on the. Nevada is either mountain or yeah whenever it was it was when the sun was down because the NHL really doesn't understand uh science all too much guys <laughs> they don't know what the sun does to the ice even though it was under 32 degrees so, and they were kind of surprised when their ice turned into a uh, a, a 200 foot uh, Olympic size swimming pool <laughs> after the first period so now they're going to play the Flyers game 7.30 Eastern, which is what, 4.30 or 3.30 out there, whichever, whichever. Uh, I don't know if they're in Mountain or West Coast, whatever. But um, I think that game's going to end up getting pushed back to, to probably 9 o'clock their time too. So it'll be midnight. Midnight Monday uh, morning when the Flyers get to play the Boston Bruins with uh, half of their roster pretty much. Well, I was going to say what, what it constitutes the Flyers today, certainly a uh... – a new look Flyers team with uh, a lot of the forwards still out on the COVID protocol. So and still no without Drew. Zane Winston, Zane Winston, uh, wisdom like he, all he does is score goals. I don't understand why he's not playing tonight. So there's that too. Zane Wisdom, that's a that was the Flyers' second round pick or third round pick last year, and he's just absolutely lighting up the NHL or AHL. Sorry, AHL Wilson, right? Is the last name Wisdom? Is it Wisdom? Yeah. Zane Wisdom. Pretty sure. Yeah, I'm well. pulling up. I'm pulling up the uh, weather report. And yesterday, I think uh, when we talked to talked the last part, uh, when we talked to 
about the Flyers on the Carson Wentz episode last episode. I think I said JVR was out with uh, COVID. Obviously, that was wrong. So <laughs> he played. He will. <laughs> he will be in action tonight. Yeah, he played on Thursday too. I think so. I was. Yes. I was way off on that one. <laughs> Did you find it yet? I'm pretty sure it's St. Winston. Oh yeah. It's that I was looking at the sunset tonight uh, in Tahoe is 6 p.m. local time. So uh, All right. I still think you're going to be dealing with a, a sunset situation on the West Coast, which I don't unless how they have the rink position. I still think you're going to have challenges even at a 730 uh, puck drop tonight. But yeah. we shall see. I know I think the NHL had great plans of having the beautiful scenic drop, you know, backdrop for the games only to play them at night. So it's uh, sometimes the breaks you get with the, with the NHL. Uh, they, they should have, they should have enough uh, daytime footage that, that we should know what it looks like by now. So, I mean, really, I'm not there to look at scenery. I'm there to freaking watch a game. So I'm not too into Flyers Bruins. Like I had a cool tree. Like I, I want to see goals and hits. So I don't really care where they're playing. I just want to watch the game. Yeah, and I think once it gets down to it, right, that's ultimately what you'll, uh, you know, what you'll have. So anything else on the Flyers tonight? What do you think of tonight's uh, outdoor game versus the Boston Bruins? A lot of a lot of Flyers optimism out there. Have you been you've been reading that? A lot of people think they're going to come out and like play like a hard game outdoors. I mean, the only outdoor game they've won is the the Penguins game. That, that we went to a few years ago you brought me to technically um and even that was a that was raining and everything that was a crappy outdoor game and, oh, oh, overtime game you know overtime yeah crazy uh, check goal to send it into overtime and then drew with the five hole past uh flory at that point i believe was a nice goal to win it good so we'll say yeah i'm not as i'm not as optimistic uh tonight for the flyers no. i think they are uh shorthanded so very uh we'll see hopefully i think the best once they get back home get the uh guys off the protocol list hopefully they're all doing well and and gear up for the home stretch for the season so i think the top four in the division make the playoffs i still think there's a great shot for the for the flyers to be doing that i think they they're presently in second in the division. So um, in a playoff spot, in a playoff spot. And that's, I think all you really need, especially in hockey where, you know, the, the playoffs are, are truly a completely different season. Yeah. Just get in and you never know what happens. I mean, look at 2010, they snuck in and then they got all the way to game six of the finals. So it's a good stuff. Good stuff in the NHL. There you go. All right. Anything else we want to cover on the major teams or do we want to, we, we kind of covered the Eagles in the last episode. So we said we would come back with the, with this episode, cover the other topics, yeah. but uh, I don't want to throw maybe we can in this episode. <laughs> I can't talk anymore. Friggin' Eagles. I'm, I'm taking a I think, hiatus. I think we are all Eagles and, and Carson Wentz. Uh, out but we will we will be gearing up for the nfl draft mike and i are going to go through uh we're going to do the mock drafts and we're going to spend it uh 
each episode going through a particular round, we'll talk about, hey, who we like, who who is already off the board, who if they if they fall that we're looking at. So we'll, we'll try to give you good Eagles content uh, on the NFL draft in the weeks to come. Want to see, uh, obviously, free agency first. We want to kind of kick that off, see what happens. I think we need to see what this Eagles team looks like because uh, I think Carson Wentz is the first step in what will be uh, some major changes that needs to happen for this franchise. But we'll save the Eagles talk for – Oh, another day Mike was let go that's about that's it. right yeah so djack uh alshon and his... leak too they're, they're they'll be out this week so they'll be officially out i think once the league year starts right yeah what's that uh, is when april march 13th something like that march i thought it was march 17th maybe something like that yeah around say about the new league year starts so then they'll be officially cut with the post june 1 designation D Jack was not a post June one, so they could do that uh, right yeah, now. I think that's fully unguaranteed. <laughs> yeah, and and I think that was the thing. You know, everybody's giving the Eagles Twitter, you know, some um, a hard time because they had, you know, they had posted the tweet that said, "Report Eagles have traded uh, Carson Wentz to the Colts." And well, you're the Eagles. Why are you just saying it's a report? I think the trade doesn't really become official until the, the official start of the league year. So I think that had played into it. So guys, like, you know, let's not go nuts. Let's not be Eagles Twitter for a few weeks. Let's not go crazy on, on social media regarding, you know, the Eagles Twitter putting the word report on the, uh, on the tweet. All right. Let's get into let's get into beers unless you have anything else, Mike. Still, it's still my favorite episode episode part of the episode um, that we do today, and that's our technically beers and barbecue segment. But for for the last few weeks, it's been uh, just beers. I don't think anybody's out there in uh, twenty two degree weather smoking. Last time I tried that was in December, and I, I fell on my ass going outside. <laughs> so yeah, I kind of cut out the smoker until there's no more uh, no more chance of ice being on my back step. <laughs> but I'm uh, I'm building up. I, I got a couple things that I want to try as we uh, as we get to the spring. So I'm gonna I've been watching a little bit of, of stuff, you know, YouTube following some and different meats and everything that I want to give a check out. So once we get rolling with the smokers again we'll definitely be bringing some great uh barbecue content but mike do you do you have a beer for this week yeah um but you go first because i gotta go get it out of the refrigerator because i can't remember what the hell it's called but it was really good got it (laughs) all right so I'll, i'll give you a beer that i think would absolutely go well uh with some barbecue uh, this is from Double Nickel. It's a brewery out of Pensauk in New Jersey, so not too far from from Delco. Uh, great brewery it has a you know a bunch of different good stuff, but they came out with 2020 Dumpster Fire, right? And I think we can all agree 2020 was an absolute dumpster fire. But this beer was anything but. This was a fine craftsmanship. Uh, in this beer, it was a chocolate stout. Uh, that was also brewed with cayenne pepper so that, you know, they really took to the uh, dumpster fire portion uh, of it. Nice, you know, smoky chocolatey taste. And then Mike, I know you've talked about it before. You like the beers that have a little bit of the heat to them. Yep. The cayenne pepper on this, it really shone through 
you took a sip. It was a, it was a chocolate stout on the front. And then you felt the burn as you swallowed it down. Just overall great flavor. Uh, probably one of the better, not just, you know, spicy beers that I've had, but definitely one of the better uh, chocolate stouts that I've had too. Just a great flavor, great chocolate flavor with the heat at the end. So 2020 was a dumpster fire in a lot of ways, but double nickel kudos to you. What a, what a phenomenal uh, chocolate stout. Yeah. I went to the beer store yesterday, but they had already sold out of it. So hope, hoping to maybe get over to double nickel. I know it's right over the, uh, what's it right over the uh, Tacone Palmyra bridge or the Betsy or Ross. I think you can get there those. from the bend. Yeah. Yeah, it's one one of those two guys, uh, but I know exactly where it's at. Just don't remember what bridge to go over. So I could take you there. Just can't tell you right now. But yeah, I, I love those spicy beers. I mean, I, I still have dreams about that mango habanero um, from the Lum Island um, down there in Jersey. Almost got the, the bartender to put it in a growler or a growler, but she asked and that was a big fat no. <laughs> so that. That was that, but I got my beer. If you're ready for my beer, yeah, let's hear it. Um, from Springhouse, uh, Springhouse Brewing Company out there in, in Lancaster, uh, Pennsylvania. I got the Tropical Swirlies. Um, it is a hazy IPA with uh, really, really peachy and mangoey. Like it's like I, I hope they continuously make this beer for the summer because this might be my summer beer. Um, it literally tastes like summer. It is so good. Uh, has a little bit of mosaic, uh, citra, and Simcoe. So literally three of my favorite hops in this beer too. Um, it is really, really good. I enjoyed it. Has a has a cool, uh, cool mango peachy monster guy on them too. So okay, <laughs> so, cool can design. I like it. Very cool can design, and um, you don't always get a good beer out of a good can design, but this one's very, very good. Drinkable crushable at 6.6 really um so it's a it might be my summer beer might be my uh my go-to if i can uh, find some more of it but it is a uh it's a good one it's literally the last beer i have in my house so (laughs) i do have to go to the beer store again today um but yeah it's a it's a good one but i i have meat tom i did meat this week last week technically i did it on sunday or it was either Saturday or Sunday. It had to be Saturday because Shady Maple isn't really open on a Sunday. Um, went out to Shady Maple looking for something to do. And we got an air fryer slash crock pot slash everything pot. Like it does literally everything. Um, and I wanted to do some uh, Italian beef or, or uh, Mississippi pot roast, whatever you want to call it. It's literally a, a hunk of meat, um, a stick of butter pepperoncini peppers, um, a ranch packet, and usually an au jus packet. But I put some, uh, I got a Dizzy Pig. They have a lot of a lot of good rubs and, and spice blends out there. So I got their garlic everything. Um, and I put that in there and put it on the, the slow cooker for about two and a half hours. Um, and this time I got a beef tri-tip. Usually I just get like a uh, an eye roast or, or a, uh, a bigger ribeye or a couple of those. And it breaks down really good, breaks down the fat in, in about four hours, shreds up real nice. Um, but this time I did a beef tri-tip uh, um, from uh, from Shady Maple and it was actually really good. So I think that's the only thing I can I can do that Italian beef 
with is that that beef tri-tip um and it was oh, there frozen you go. Too. It didn't even get fresh uh, it was technically a frozen piece of beef and cut off some of the silver skin tri-tip has a lot of silver skin on it and it's a pain in the ass sometimes to to trim up but it's worth it because after you get rid of that that silver skin crap don't be afraid to cut it off people don't be afraid to trim your meat <laughs> it sounds a little weird but don't be afraid to uh, trim your meat out there get the silver skin off get some of that that outside fat off um, that you don't really need in a tri-tip because it has a lot of good inter intramuscular fat nice uh six dollar word for you here at uh on a couch in delco on a sunday morning at 10 30 um but boy was it good um you, you cut it you literally just break it down about three four hours in that slow cooker 195 degrees 200 degrees depending on what you need um and it, it breaks down nice there's not even a piece of fat left it literally renders down into into a nice uh almost it gives it like a nice sauce you get the fat, you got the butter that's melted down. Um, and then you just pop it on your plate. You can put it in a nice crusty bread, whatever the hell you want to do with it. Um, but it is a nice, easy meal out there to do. Yeah, I know that's uh that's the wife's usually the go-to recipe when we have people over for you know yeah. parties and stuff like that. So now I'm gonna have to try it with a tri-tip. But uh it's a, it you know, air fryers and everything. We have an air fryer and we've we've been doing I, I actually cooked a couple ribeyes in the air fryer and mm-hmm. turns out it gives you a pretty decent uh pretty decent cook so hey when, when the smoker nice. when it's when it's too cold to go outside hey sometimes you gotta you gotta make it do there's still uh some good eating to be had yeah i mean when i went out there i i, I love getting at shady maple i know some of our listeners know what we're talking about but shady maple has nice thick bacon and it's uncut you can cut it as as you like i love making candy bacon out of it so i did do that as well and I did it in the air fryer. Usually I do that on the smoker. It takes about 40 minutes. Air fryer took 10 minutes and tastes just as good. <laughs> so was, that's a nice winner option to uh, there you go. candied bacon. All right. I know I gave out one tip for earlier in the game. I am taking the Sixers minus three tonight. I, you know, and I think you're, you're with me. You're saying they win by easy 15 tonight uh, yeah. against the Raptors. Any other any other bets for this week, Mike? I don't have much else. No, uh, we didn't cover. even play the song, but I'll do. Uh, I'll probably take the Sixers um, minus the three and a half. I think you said they were right now, and then I'll take yep. Joel and Beads over, putting in a little two leg same game parlay, get a little bit more value if it is value. Even I have to have to look at it to see, but that would be my recommendation: Sixers to win. And then JoJo to get over whatever his over is. I think he has another monster game. Might not score. Might not get a fifty burger tonight, but he'll, he'll get a he'll get at least forty tonight. I think that might be what I actually do. Might be like Sixers uh, minus like nine and a half, and then Joel and B tease it up to whatever his over is. Tease it up to like thirty eight and a half or something like that, and put them in the parlay, and definitely get some value for that. I hope. Yeah, they don't have. I'm not looking at. I don't see his. Uh, his I don't see his over on there for points. Point, hit his points up yet, at least on DraftKings. That's a shame. My my whole to get it. My whole uh, spiel went for went for naught there. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm sure they'll post it at yeah, some point. Posted it like six o'clock tonight when I'm. So what's the number, Mike? What's the it. number for you that uh, you're looking to bet it at? 
So I'll probably get the Sixers probably minus like six and a half. I'll tease it up to. And then Joel Embiid, okay. I'm guessing his over-under is probably going to be like 32 and a half. Um, so I, I'm going to want to go ahead and uh, tease that up to like 38 and a half. And I'll, and I'll take the over on it. I'm trying to look at basketball so on FanDuel as we're talking. Uh, so FanDuel has the Sixers only minus two and a half. Uh, right. And then they do have the over-under set at 30 and a half. For Joel Embiid. Yeah, so I'll uh, I'll tease that up to like 35 and a half, 36 and a half, depending on um, – actually, they have they have Joel Embiid to score 30 – hello, what are we getting? Don't opt out. I don't want to opt out of nothing. They got Joel Embiid to score 35 and a half points. They have it at plus 194. So I will take that instead of doing a – uh, instead of teasing it up, and then the Sixers alternate line, if I can, uh, I can find that bet. Alternate spreads. Take the Sixers, and we'll tease them up to tease them up to seven and a half, and you get a little bit of a little bit of value. Sixers at uh, seven minus seven and a half. Joel to score thirty five, um, and. That you don't have to worry about the half a point as long as he scores thirty five, you're good, and you get a you at least get the push twenty two. So it's not bad, not bad at all. I think that's what I'll take. Worth a shot for tonight. It had to really talk right. through that one. Sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> DraftKings let let us down for for the uh, point total. It wasn't wasn't quick and snappy like it usually is. So there we go. There you go. All right, so I think that's a wrap for this week's episode. Thanks, as always, for listening. We'll be back next week talking Philly sports as all four teams continue to play out and stories to be had. We'll talk beer. We'll talk bets. Maybe some barbecue. Maybe a little air fryer. Uh, slow air cook fryer action. action. <laughs> air fryer action. Uh, what Everything that you come to expect from On a Couch in Delco. So for Mike, myself, definitely check us out on Facebook, On a Couch in Delco. Check us out on the Twitter at on Delco, wherever you listen to us. Thanks for listening. Also, if you can give us the review, let us know how we're doing. That'd be great too. Uh, until next time, as always, go birds, go birds. <laughs>